the Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. everybody for tuning into this weekend's episode of Nevada Backcountry. Quick shout out to Legacy Sports International, home of the Halla Superlight. We're almost at turkey season. If you guys aren't out there chasing turkeys with one of the new Field Tech 410 shotguns, call over to Legacy Sports International. Talk to Andy. The guy stacks half a dozen turkeys every year with a 410. Without further ado, we have the Western Hunt Fest crew joining us on this weekend's episode. Guys, go ahead. Why don't you introduce yourselves? You can take the alphabetical approach that I would throw Mr. Gonzalez in the fourth Yeah. <laughs> All right. And this is Efren. I am one of the business partners with Western Hunt Fest. I've been out in the hills since I was just a little boy with my grandfather and my parents and whatnot. So I've been hunting for, I guess you could say, 30 plus years now. An avid sportsman. I love raising my kids outdoors. Western Hunt Fest is now slowly taking over my life. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking we're looking to bring it out to Serena for the scene here. I'll let my associates take over a little bit. Guy Flanchet, one of the co owners, and you know, lucky late adds to the Western Hunt Fest. Pretty much begged the boys to let me be a part of it and being that they're such good friends. They graciously welcomed me into the fold. Super excited to be up in the Reno area, you know, at Silver Arrow Bowman and bring in the shoe Danny all our events and competitive events to the folks in Reno and Nevada, or excuse me, in California and whatnot in that area. So super pumped. Yeah. And I am Jeffrey Duvall. I am one of the co-owners and I grew up in Southern Colorado in a small town. I, I grew up hunting from the time I was in diapers till, you know, till now, I mean, getting my cattle in diapers. Still in diapers. Still like everything. It's all the same. Yes. So the Western Hunt Fest was started with some ideas. Efren and I would go to these different hunting events and uh, we had these great ideas of additional things that we can do with these events. The idea just kept growing, kept growing, kept brewing. And eventually... We just went full on. Let's do it. Let's start our own again. Let's include competition. Let's include fun. Let's keep some of the stuff that these other events have and let's add more to it. So we, now, we how many years have you travel. guys been doing this? This is our third year now. Where did you guys have your first event? First event was in Bailey, Colorado at the American Bowman. How many people showed up? The funny part is from the time that we actually officially planned it, to the time we had our first event, it was three months. Oh, no, wow. So, like, it was <laughs> yeah. super fresh. And I, I want to say we had around 80 competitors and probably close to like 100 people, 110 people. Oh, so nice. It blew out our expectations. We were expecting, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50, and that was it. It was awesome. It was a great time. We had like a lot of support. So, 
like coming into this, Efren owned an apparel company called Pack Em Out. So we were already kind of mixed in in the industry a little bit and we had some good connections. So it was really beneficial to us having that in our background, the lean on some contacts and really know a handful of people. It was, man, from the start, this thing has been awesome. Your third year, I know you've added Reno. Any other locations? How many venues are you guys at? We're starting out this year in Raton, New Mexico at the NRA Wits Center. That was a new addition last year. Went very well, so we decided to bring that back. After Raton, we move over to the Western Slope, just outside Palisade, the uh, Cameo Shooting Facility. Oh, the shooting facility, right, guy? Shooting uh, yeah, can, yeah, Cameo Education and Shooting is uh, West. So that's a brand new one for us this year. That one is uh, May 4th and 5th. Looking forward to that one. A lot of interesting shots at that location. You said Palisade. You're not talking about Palisades just up the road from us. Okay. Palisades. Oh, Palisades, Colorado. Okay. Not Lake Tahoe. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> After that brand new one, we move out to Silver Arrow Bowman in Reno. A brand new shoot for us. Looking to bring as many shooters as we can. I, I don't know of any other shoots that go on like this out there. So it'll be interesting to see what the turnouts are and if we can help pump that uh that archery community up a little bit. After that, we have yet another brand new one. We're moving over to Colorado Springs at the Air Force Academy. So that one being a little closer to, to a, I guess you can call it a bigger city, should be a fairly large turnout. So are you guys trying to eventually have a scheduled, every year you'll have X amount of competitions and have like a circuit? This year will be the first year that we are implementing a, a scoring system. So you'll receive points for each event at each location, and then we'll take the top competitors, and we're gonna. It'll be an invite to the finale, which will be back at our inaugural event, American Bowman, on July 27th. Similar to kind of like an outlaw series where. The outlaw groups, they shoot these specific shoots every year. And then at the end of the year, you've got your all-around champion. You guys have it to where not only just shooting 3D targets, it's it's kind of like a like a mud run or what is it? I don't, the Spartan yeah, race. Yeah, like the Spartan race or something where you have features involved prior to the shooting. So can you guys kind of explain that a little bit? idea behind Western Hunfest, right, is, is, and then Jeff kind of alluded to it earlier, is, you know, we have these different disciplines and skill sets uh, when we go out into the field, right, and, and our shooting is just one of those aspects. So, you know, bringing everything we do together, be it the pack out, the preparation hunt, the preparation of your gear and your fitness, right, this is all educational pieces of Western Hunfest. So your pack out is one, uh, your archery event is another one, the three of us are elk nuts. Uh, Jeff and I love calling in bulls, so we have an elk calling competition, and then we we put the kind of the leveler between physical ability of the pack out challenge and the skill set of archery, and you know re- remaining calm in that moment of pressure when you're in the red zone. And we added something this year called the sprint challenge, which combines the physical, the physicality, and that technical skill behind your bow. So the idea is to your awareness on your preparedness to get out into the back country, the front country, you know, jump out the side by side and, you know, run a mile in after a bull. Now I know Dave had some questions on the, the 3d 
portion of the event. I wanted to get into the pack out real quick. I read on your website something about it's sandbags averaging out to the weight of an elk. So I'm assuming that's a quartered out elk. And how much total weight are we talking about? Like 240-ish? Right in that neighborhood, but you got to carry it all at once. No, I'm just playing. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're basically running, we're running uh, 65 pound rears, 45 pound fronts, okay. uh, 40 pounds in, in, you know, loose meat, which is broken up into 10 or excuse me, into 10 pounds at four bags. And then you got to carry the deadhead through one trip and your bow at least on one trip. What's so the mileage? You know, that average size oak. Yeah. What's the mileage on it? In the essence of time and the rest of the event, we're running each uh, each course is going to be a half mile to three quarters of a mile for a single loop. You're looking at that mileage, that quarter mile variance being based on the terrain of the venue. Right. Okay. What's a what's like a competitive time? Around the 30-minute mark for a loop. If you're a chiller with the load on your back, you're looking at, you know, a single loop time. I looked at Dave when we were talking about chatting with you guys on the show. I said, all right, Dave, you want to do it? They got a team event. Let's do it. So anyway, (laughs) I want to get some details before we embarrass ourselves. Oh, we'll embarrass ourselves. We'll we'll, we'll definitely embarrass ourselves. That's the one thing that's nice, right? And that's a factor for everybody. Everyone thinks that, you know, you go to a 3D shoot, it's cool you shoot. We're not really testing those abilities. But the one thing that we've noticed over the last two years is the amount of of brotherhood and and camaraderie and being out there with like-minded people. There's no embarrassment. You know, we have people coming out there. We had a brother and sister, 15 and 17 last year, come out in a high school backpack and an Osprey, and they work their butts off to get through that course. On the course, the people that are kicking your butt and passing you, they're lifting you and dragging you up. That level of brotherhood and sisterhood and camaraderie out there is unbelievable. Hold that thought. We need to take a quick commercial break. After the break, we'll hop right back into it with the Western Hunt crew. Make your truck the envy of your overlanding crew. Go see the guys at Truck Envy right there on South Virginia in Reno. Now, before we went to break, I had a question on the 3D shoot portion of the event. I was reading that and talking to Jeffrey about you'll have folks sprinting and then coming back, grabbing their bow and shooting. Is there going to be a component that you're not going to have to do that kind of stuff for some folks that, you know, maybe older have an issue or disability of something, some sort that really can't do that, but they still want to come out and participate in the 3D shoot? We kind of leave it up to the group. You know, we're going to have people in each group that are physically unable to do the tasks that we're asking them to do. What we're asking the group to do is like, are you guys okay with them scoring without the, the hunt tasks on this one? And everybody, like I said before, it's like a big brotherhood. Everybody wants every, wants to see everybody succeed. So they all jump on board with it. And if somebody can't complete a task, they just got to shoot. Now for the shoot, as far as course layout, uh, being out there at the Silver Arrow Bowman facility, most locals are going to kind of know the course. I'm assuming you guys are going to get out there early and set your own targets and set your own ranges on stuff. Correct. So we will go ahead of everybody else. We normally get there two to three days before the shoot. And we start setting up both of our courses. So each course will have 20 targets on it. As realistic as we can get with hunting scenario opportunities at each. And 
uh, again, back to what you guys have been talking about. Some of them, some of them will be a little extensive, and some people won't be able to do them. But that's that's just that dis- the discretion of of the group we're with. Right. Yeah, we change up what we can. Some of the stuff, some of the shots that I shot when I went down there back in November were really cool, anyway. So that you may just incorporate some of them. But yeah, it's everything's totally different. So a lot of the club members that come out to these clubs and shoot these events, they get to see their club course, I guess you can call it totally different in a new light. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people nowadays, you guys are familiar with like the tax style events, especially at a lot of the ski resorts out here. Is this something similar to a tax style event? It's similar in the, in the fact that we want the same level of brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie, and being amongst like-minded people for two days doing what Bokashi is doing. It. Similar in terms of with swing and arrows, absolutely. In terms of overall events, you know, TAC is a 3D shoot. It's not a competition style base shoot, we'll say, uh, if it, that's where people are taking it when they sign up the Western Moon Fest. Gotcha. Uh, there are similarities, but where we stand apart is you know, the pack out challenge, the sprint challenge, the elk calling cop, and then the combination of all those and really assessing your preparedness again for season. Yeah, very okay. cool. Within the Western Hunt Fest programming, you also have some of like the, the kids' events and you have workshops, speakers, and the whole bit. Are those going on during the challenges that are out in the field? Yeah. Seminars are something we, you know, shotgun start everything. You come back, we, you know, start tipping up food. People are eating. We'll kick off the seminars with our speakers. We have speakers from the likes of Jermaine Hodge, Michael Batiste at Elk Calling Academy, Joe Gillia with Elk Bros, Drea Grandgoff. She's a guide and author, amazing woman in the field. You know, Wild Sheep Foundation and the Women Hunt Program are our title sponsor. So we'll have educators in that side of the realm, but we try and organize the event to where everybody is maximizing every bit of it. Now you're going to have some overlap with speakers, seminars, and things like that with, you know, say the pack out challenge and the strength challenge, but, you know, to bring this event and make it the, what it is in terms of education, preparedness for season, we really try to nail down the schedule and, and have it so everyone can partake in every event there as seamlessly as possible. And I'll let Jeff speak to the to the children's seminars and events. Yeah. And then for, as far as like the children's seminars and events, we will be running those at the same time as the 3D tournament because we don't want the children and the family, the non-hunting family members or the non-shooting family members. We don't want them to get bored as everybody else is out on the course. So while they're running the 3D archery course, I will be running a calling seminar for the kids, be running either a little Nerf range for the kids, like a a Nerf bow range, or a really safe 3D course for the kids that's like hands-on, really instructing them. We'll have other activities for the kids. Just We're going to change it up at at each event and just really try to get the kids to fall in love with the outdoors because... I don't know what the legal age is in, in Nevada, but the legal age in Colorado is 12 years old. Same and, here. You know, sometimes like 12 years old to a big game, the kids are already disinterested and they don't want to partake in it, you know? So we really want to like st- start the foundation with the kids and really just help develop that love for the outdoors early, you know? And that can be anywhere from looking at different sheds and identifying them to face painting to, you know, Nerf bow ranges, the falling contests, all that jazz. 
Oh, that's super cool. I like that idea. Yeah, Nevada's as well. It's 12 years old for you to be able to apply for your first big game tag. That's very cool. You guys are doing that. Before we move into, I want to pick each of your brains on favorite species, favorite states to hunt. I know you guys said most of you are from Colorado. How do people go to sign up for this event? So westernhuntfest.com. They just jump on our Instagram at Western Hunt Fest. We're on Facebook and their Western Hunt Fest. And then we all, you know, Jeff and I run the social media account, so you can DM us and we can answer questions there. If anybody wants to reach out into any one of us in particular, it's, you know, our first names at westernhuntfest.com for email. Okay. Have any of you guys hunted Nevada? No. Never. Negative. Oh, all right, fellas. Then let's go. Hey, one by one, favorite species to hunt. I'm, I'm going to break Jeff Hart and stick to what I've always told him. I love hunting mule deer. All right. Mule deer. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm elk all the way, 110% of the time. When that's in the round, I'll find something else, but it's definitely elk for me. Yeah, I'm going to expand on that. My ultimate, absolute favorite is September elk with a bow, with some calls in the hand. Is there any other way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming, do you guys primarily do that in just in Colorado, or do you guys uh, move out and go into other places, Idaho, Wyoming, anywhere else? So normally, yeah, just here in Colorado. I put in for Arizona draw, and I put in for New Mexico draw. I'd love stuff to do. Yes. Yeah. For me, Wyoming, here at home, and then New Mexico primarily. I'm a match point holder in California, trying to draw that uh, coveted Thule tag there, but and it failed miserably over the last 24 years. Yeah, that's hey, that's not an uncommon story. Did you see the Roosevelt a couple months ago? I think yeah, it's a I new thought, state record out yeah, of California. Yeah, two months ago. Things, that thing's scary. California, especially in that Owens Valley area, have been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a cool bull for sure. All right, fellas, let's go elk and best seasons. Yeah, so oddly enough, out of all this all these years of hunting, I guess the reason why I'm sick for hunting mule deer is because I've never killed a bull. <laughs> My best season elk hunting would have to have been two seasons ago, a single day I had out with Jeff. Just an amazing time. If I had a day like that, Every time I went out, I could see why elk would be my bulls bugling, seeing elk all over the place. Like every ridge you looked at, there was another bull the hell of a time. That is probably one of the best hunting scenarios ever. Oh, September elk. Yeah. Yeah. When they get to bugling, especially, you know, some of the spots I've hunted in Nevada here, when you've got several bulls bugling in the canyons. Shooter's choice. God, it's such a good day. And Efren, I, hey, I can sympathize. I'm a mule deer guy too. Let's go guy, best season. Man, I'd have to say last season was, wasn't the best season. I was able to hunt out in my backyard. He shouted more bulls and, and had more, you know, hauling that bull into the coast, haul-ins, you know, in my season and my guide season than I've ever had. And, you know, we counted more animals with, Jewels on their heads, we'll say, than the smooth heads. And it was just, it was just a phenomenal season. Got my butt kicked by this big monarch that wouldn't acquiesce. And he's just, you know, he's a big monarch for a reason. My butt, but man, nonetheless, the lessons learned in the field and that time with those animals was amazing. 
Yeah, sometimes those monarchs, they get the ladies they want. Yeah, they get the ladies they want. They may bugle back at you, but they're not moving. They're like, "Eh, I got what I need. Jeffrey, how about you? Mine definitely has to be when I was 12 years old. I uh, My first year being legal to hunt the elk, I had a plan. I knew what I was going to do. And I mean, opening day, I went out. I got away from my dad and my brother, and I killed a bull. And it was, oh, I mean, what? I mean yeah, very cool. literally, he literally set me up where to go. But I, but in my mind, it was all me. I, I killed that. Yeah. Well, of course it was. It was all phenomenal. you. Phenomenal. I had been dreaming about it for years. And it finally it just happened, you know, like in the blink of an eye on the opening morning. It was wow. amazing. That is so cool. Yeah, so the full gamut, man, from your first elk hunt all the way to uh, Guy's last season. We got to take a quick break. Stay tuned to 99.1 and 92.3 FM Talk. Want to rep the outdoor lifestyle off the mountain? Pack em Out Apparel, the clothing line that's more than just trophies and filling freezers. At Pack em Out, they believe in making memories that last a lifetime. Whether you're packing out a bull or preparing for a family adventure, a lifestyle brand that understands the importance of family, faith, and friends. Every time we head out, it's about creating cherished memories. At Pack em Out Apparel, the brand stands for honor, integrity, and a genuine passion for the wild. Check them out at packemout.com. Hey, the show is Nevada Backcountry, and we are chatting with the Western Hunt Fest crew. So let me ask you guys, public pressure, how is it in Colorado? I'll start. Me and Jeff have contrasting answers to this as we have this discussion pretty regularly. I think a lot I've gone out on the mountain the entire month of September. Once I'm up, I don't come down unless I got to go guide. And I don't run into but a handful of people. Now, if I'm on the roads and, you know, those heavy traveled areas, I can't see, I see them. But I drop, you know, past a mile, mile and a half, two miles in, there's nobody. If I'm, you know, four or five miles back, it's no one. It's just me, my creator, and the animal. So I don't experience that uh, in my style. Okay. Jeff, your contrasting opinion. I <laughs> tell so I am a Colorado native. I'm the one out of the, the three here that are the, the native, right? And over the years, I definitely see a big increase in hunting pressure. However, the the, uh, the pressure that I'm feeling is everybody's trying to get further back. So you're going to have a lot of people right next to the road, and then you're going to have a lot of people really deep into the backcountry. For me, if I don't want to feel the pressure... I get creative with my spots and I, I will find something not on a trail, not on a, a known spot, but I'll find something closer to the, to the road where I'm only in two to three miles and I'm able to hunt from my truck. And typically I, I hunt from my truck, show up a steep mountain and I get away from everybody. But there definitely is an increase in pressure for sure. It's funny you say that, Jeff, because you're not the first person. There's a For lack of a better term, I'll call it like a window. I experienced this. My dad was fortunate enough to draw that 16B, the Gila tag for elk, oh, four or five years ago. It was the same thing down in New Mexico, like it is in Idaho. That explosion of suddenly everybody's going as steep and deep as possible in the last, we'll say, decade. And then you've got your the guys that road hunt. But there's that like three to about seven mile window where 
people either go way past it or they stop before it. So you're not the first person to bring up that kind of sweet spot when you're getting out there. Yeah. I, and you know, with the, with the explosion of pressure, I have noticed that, and this is just my personal experience, but I have noticed that early in the season, the pressure is and people are hunting and they're hunting with a lot of energy. And then towards <laughs> the end of the season, <laughs> The, the numbers are way down and the people's mental game is way down as well. So the competition at September 30th is nowhere near as, as deep as, you know, September 5th or 7th. Yeah. Last day at noon, nobody wants to be 15 miles in. Right. Right. Jeff, Jeff gave up a lot of uh, clues to his uh, style and his success. So he's in unit 117 and drives a pink home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, trust me. I've been I've been taking notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My Onyx login is this. Yeah, yeah, man. There you go. There you go. I actually have a, a few questions going back to the Hunt Fest. What kind of scoring do you guys do for the 3D shoot? Yes, we score just the typical. So the center twelves, we score a ten, eight, five, and a zero. So we just. Tips for scoring. Okay. Um, okay. Some creative ways that we have, we, we've played with it a little bit, but we, with our task, we have deductions and additions to the shot. So, for instance, like we have a shot where we hold for 30 seconds. Let's say somebody holds for 28 seconds, they would just take off two points off their four of the target. Oh, so oh just, gotcha. We, yeah. Just to get creative and, and and we really want people focusing on like good ethical shots too. So like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was a shot where like, if you didn't perform the task right, we asked you to give yourself a zero, even if you hit the animal, just because we really want to focus in on education and ethics. So like, gotcha. we want guys learning from the 3D shoot too, not just, you know, playing an arrow. Are you checking what their let off is? Joe Schmo with the Matthews right out of the box at 90% let off is going to have a lot easier time holding it for 30 seconds than. Yes. You no, know, I mean, we're really basing it right. And, and one of our rules is look, your state has rules, regulations, and laws in terms of hunting and the way that can be used to map. It's an honor system, right? And we're, we're basing it that our brothers and sisters in our demographic are going to come out. They're going to be compliant with the state rules, regs, and laws, and they're going to have that bow set to the standard of the state that they are that we are you know, participating in that shoot. In. Oh, okay. So for us to go through and check every single bow, yeah. the, the plus about the way that we're set up is you can do lights out on the archery course. If you don't compete, if you're going for the point thing and you're in competition and you don't compete in the elk calling comp and you don't compete in the knockout challenge and the strength challenge, that archery score is inconsequential. Yeah. Uh, you have to go to two events to really qualify for the championship event where, you know, the big two-foot, three-foot checks are handed out. So it's really the armor system, man, and we're banking on what we believe our demographic is, and that's salt-of-the-earth people. We want everybody to come out and participate and, and check our event out and, and have fun at this event. What do you generally get as an attendance? So the first year, we had like 81 shooters, but it was. Year two, we introduced the second location, and our I think over our season we did close to almost push three hundred between the two places. Oh, nice! Uh, so this year we're I mean we're we're shooting high. We're hoping that that we can bring 
250 to 300 shooters per location is what we're really we're striving to meet. That would be an ideal number. Also, we are encouraging all of the uh, people that attend to bring those people, those new hunters or those people that want to get into hunting, because we all have those guys that ask us over and over like, hey, I want to get into hunting, but I don't know where to start. Right. Bring those folks here and we will take care of it because we we really want to see the bow hunting community just really come together and the hunting community in general come together. So like invite, invite, invite. And then if there's somebody listening that, you know, wants to help out with setup and stuff, just have them reach out to one of us. Um, it's all of our first names at westernhuntfest.com. It's, we can use all the help we can get and we would love to, you know, make some, some friends in, in the state of Nevada, or California or anywhere, you know. And right. we're happy to comp a ticket for the you know, work party type stuff. For everybody listening, it's May 25th through 26th. 26th. Okay. It's a two day, two day event. So May 25th and 26th. And it's located at the Silver Arrow Bowman Range out there off Matterhorn, just north of Reno. Yep. So pretty accessible to everybody. So we don't want to just see you guys in Reno, though. We don't want to just see you guys in Nevada. We want to see you guys at the championship and we want to see you guys at our New Mexico event. We want to see you at our Colorado event. We really want this community to grow nationwide across the West. And we want to just build a big community. And for our championship, you want to honor, you know, so, so we want to see somebody from Nevada there. We want to see somebody from New Mexico there. And we want to see people from Utah and everywhere else, Arizona. We're going to have different trophies. We're going to have different things at each event because they're all going to be unique in their own way. The first event is Raton, New Mexico, Saturday, April 13th through Sunday, April 14th. Second event is going to be Western Slope just outside Palisade. That's going to be Saturday, May 4th, Sunday, May 5th, Colorado. (laughs) And then we move over to Reno, Nevada, Silver Arrow Bowman, Saturday, May 25th through Sunday, May 26th. And we come back to Colorado again. Uh, we'll be in Colorado Springs at the Air Force Academy Saturday, June 1st through June 2nd. And the finale, and the finale, it's on July 27th at American Bowman, which is in Bailey, Colorado, just, just outside Denver. Everyone should know you can sign up to come shoot that one. It's not, you're not going to get all the seminars and you're not going to have all the typical scoring because that's where the, Championships. Championship, yeah, will be will be held. So these guys will be battling it out for top man, top woman spot. Right, come shoot with them, sign up, come shoot. It's still open for uh, registration. If you're planning on attending any of these Western Hunt Fest, tactile events where you're lobbing arrows at long distances, go stock up at Hunt House on Longley Lane. They've got a wall full of arrows. I was just in there the other day. They've restocked everything. So get stocked up before the outdoor season is upon us. Unfortunately, we've got to take a quick break here, but I have some questions about a situation in Colorado um, that we've covered on the show. And in fact, I just posted a funny reel to our Instagram page about this topic. It's wolves in Colorado and the reintroduction thereof. So refill the coffee. The show is Nevada Backcountry. We will be right back on 99.1 and 92.3 FM Talk. Thanks to Outwest Buildings for sponsoring the show. Go see them. They're out in Fallon. Now, before we went to break, talk to me about the wolves in Colorado. 
Is anybody gonna is anybody gonna touch that? They should not. I'll I'll be happy to touch it. They should not be here, right? The way that that was, the way that that was meandered through the sporting community, the timing of it, the backers, the people that drafted it, that plan went against all science, all biology, and the state wildlife agency was was put on the gag order via the governor, and it shouldn't have happened. It didn't matter that the sportsman community, the cattlemen community, the ranchers and everyone of the like uh, was opposed to it. And it was voted in by basically three counties that have uh, the numbers. Um, yeah. You know, those wolves were released into the western part of the state and no one here wanted them. I mean, there, I shouldn't say no one. I'm sure there's people there. Are they a viable animal on the landscape? Absolutely. But Colorado already had wolves. And, and a lot of areas of the state, and maybe the numbers aren't there to, you know, do what they want to do and affect the young youth and affect hunting. Ultimately, right? we, know, we all know that that's the long play on this thing, but they should not be here the way that it went down. If it's a, a natural migration, then albeit, but to release these animals and to go and commandeer animals from habitat that they've been roaming around for decades and then bringing problematic wolves in. Part of the plan was bringing problematic wolves that they had predation issues with. So, you know, here we are. They're here. We're we're still dealing with it. And now we're fighting, you know, mountain lion bands and bobcat bands and lynx. We cannot, you know, we can't hunt them already. So, yeah, the wolves, they shouldn't be here the way it went down for what little it may be worth, I think we're one of the few shows in Nevada here that we've covered it. I, I won't say extensively, but we have covered it on the show. And I just brought up the, well, they're trying to use the, what is it like a, it's a trophy hunting ban is the verbiage they're trying to use to get the mountain lion thing done. Yeah, it's, it's the same, it's the same thing, right? The play on emotions, the play on the naivety of the common folk and the people that are against it, they're just against it. They don't care if it's meat hunting, trophy hunting, market hunting, you know, boomerang hunting, they could care less. But they're, they're really playing on the fact that people are naive. And it's always a play on words with that side of the aisle. It's pretty unfortunate. So as sportsmen and women, you know, we need to be preaching this loud and clear because what happens in one state, it's a precedence for the next state and the next state and the next state. And we've seen it go from California up into Oregon, Washington, New Mexico, here in Colorado. Saw something recently with the governor of Nebraska outright saying that, you know, he's going to shut down their fish and wildlife department basically because it's a misappropriation of funds through that entire department. <laughs> you know, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it, it will take hold in all these states, right? And the more and more we look across it, we're, we're seeing more and more lean to that purple color. And unfortunately, right, not to make it political, that's a lot of... Yeah, they, hey, look, it landed on our doorstep. They had a, it was a coyote killing contest ban. Never mind the, you know, the effectiveness of, of using those contests as a management tool. Luckily here in Nevada, it got shot down, but man, sorry to roll a grenade in the room at the 11th hour there. Yeah, but that- good job, Henry. <laughs> good job. The thing is, I mean, I'll take the grenades all day as long as we can talk about it, right? And that's half the problem is that sportsmen, we are always on our heels, right? The, yeah. the opposition is very proactive. 
They've been playing the game for decades. They've learned the lessons. And here we need to be left alone to chase our passions and our dreams afield. And, you know, what are we left with? We're left on bands. We're left on trying to fight something the spirit's gone through. And we're fighting millions, if not billions of dollars a year in legislation in opposition to it. Yeah. And it's not, I, Hey, I will point out, and this might catch. So this show broadcasts on a conservative talk on two conservative talk radio stations. So I might catch some heat from the listeners for it, but look at California's mountain lion hunting ban. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. When Ronald Reagan was the governor of California, it's that big city feel good attitude of, hey, I'm, oh, I'm going to appease this side of the aisle. There is no appeasing. The second that genie is out of the bottle, it ain't going back in the bottle, period. No, sir. And I mean, the problem is, is you know, good old Ronnie, he might have, he might have been one of the ones on the side of the aisle that was totally naive to it. And who doesn't want to protect our flora and fauna and things on the landscape to preserve the natural beauty that we have, no matter what state it is? The problem is, is that the people that are in opposition that are putting these things at the forefront are outright liars, right? They they say the game and they say the game very well. You got to give credit where credit's due. But then, you know, again, we need to step up and say, hey, this is this is not a good thing. This is wrong. Agreed. Agreed. And I can tell you, I mean, that's that's where I cut my teeth. I mean, I'm I'm a Colorado resident for a couple years, so you know. My hunting has been in California. There is zero reason to not be able to chase mountain lions in California. And I'm telling you, from from field experience, and I spent a lot of time in the field when I started with that A-zone archery tag and I'm working all the way through the end of December on the late season endless forest. I believe that was a 13 tag. During the end of December, I could, I could see lions Almost every single outing, if not every single outing, three out of five. Yeah. Right? There's no reason to see many predators on the landscape from up and down that state. And I've hunted from Jackson National Forest all the way down to Lagoon Mountain down in San Diego. Uh, and, and as far inland as one could imagine. And there is no reason you should see that many predators on the land. Hey, I couldn't agree more with you. Let's, why don't we end on a upbeat note, guys? Because <laughs> I see, I see Dave giving me the eye here and I'm starting to get sweaty and the, the <laughs> F-bombs are going to start flying in a minute. So, uh, hey, let's end on an upbeat note. Why don't you guys plug the event one more time and just, again, remind people of how they can come out, have a heck of a time at the Silver Arrow Bowman Club, not only there, but also Colorado, New Mexico for the full circuit of the Western Hunt Fest. Stay quiet because you're changing my mood, go Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. So so come out, enjoy our events. We'll be in Nevada, we'll be in Colorado, and we will be in New Mexico this year. You can look us up at westmanhuntfest.com. You can also look us up on Facebook or on Instagram and invite your friends and, and tell everybody about this event. We uh, we would really love to struggle to to run this thing if we had too many people we 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 welcome it and we want everybody in the community to show up and and really participate in this event we also want you guys to be practicing your calls we want you to be shooting and we want you to be physically fit so that when you do go to the mountain you're successful you have the time of your life and we'd love to meet everybody too right so you know if you're at an event and uh 
you know, you see one of us, please come up, you know, shake hands at the Balcatru Lottery, Brotherhoods, all of us, and, and we love to meet everybody and, and, you know, maybe share a, a quick little story or two and uh, move from there. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, fellas. Good talking to you. Thank you. All right. We appreciate everybody for tuning in this weekend. Thanks to the guys from Western Hunt Fest. And don't go anywhere because coming up next is Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, only on 99.1 and 92.3 FM Talk.